Hello, and welcome to Inside the College at Charleston. I'm Mike Robertson, and on today's episode, I speak with Gibbs Knox, the Dean of the School of Humanities and Social Sciences here at the College of Charleston. Let's get started. Well, Gibbs, I, I guess it's safe to say the 2022-2023 school year was a very busy school for you guys. Tell me some of the major accomplishments that uh, happened this year or well, past year. Well, Mike, there's a lot to celebrate in HSS. You know, we have nationally recognized programs, award-winning faculty and students. I mean, one of the things I'm super excited about is that our communication department was picked as one of the two signature programs for the College of Charleston, and they've got some really cool things going on in that department. They've got a national advisory council where they invite communication professionals uh, twice a year. They come to campus, they mentor students, they help them get ready for jobs in the communication field. There's a Martin Scholars program in communication that takes students to New York and Washington, D.C. and gets to meet with, the students get to meet with communication professionals at a variety of companies. And then we just started uh, the Martin Center for Mentorship in Communication that was based on a really generous gift from Tom and Wanda Martin. And so really, really happy about that program. Uh, we've got over 150 full-time faculty in humanities and social sciences, and they're doing some some really, really great things. I, mean, I think a faculty come to the College of Charleston because they want to work with students. They're they're good teachers. The College of Charleston is, is the size where you can really get to know students and have a positive working relationship with undergraduates. But our faculty also publish their work in some really impressive places. They uh, are in top academic journals. They have top presses. I mean, just a couple of examples. Cara DeLay in history and Beth Sundstrom in communication have, count them, not one, but two books coming out uh, or have just come out from Oxford University Press, really the best place you can publish. And then we ha- hired a brand new professor in history, Samantha Payne, and she just got named as the best dissertation, uh, and she has a PhD from Harvard, the best dissertation in all of American history, and she's on a very prestigious fellowship at Yale University next year. And so our faculty are accomplishing amazing things. And then I just can't say enough about our students. Uh, Our students are getting some really, really uh, impressive research done. What I like to tell people, they always ask me, what's the difference between high school and college? And I say, in college, you're going from being a consumer of information. You still have to know some facts and kind of understand the way the world works. But the best college students are also becoming producers of information. They're actually contributing to, to our knowledge. And, and we have a student, Francesca Gibson, who's been on another podcast at the College of Charleston. She talked about her work about witchcraft and sleep disorders in the 16th and 17th century. She had gotten a surf grant uh, and then uh, basically worked on that project and actually just got that published in a research journal, an undergraduate research journal at Columbia University. And then uh, just recently, in the last week or so, there was a huge national story in ProPublica where one of our uh, graduate students, Lauren Davila, uh, was doing research as an intern and discovered the largest slave auction in U.S. history, something that we didn't know about before. And so these students, Lauren and Francesca, are really kind of contributing to our understanding of the topic, not just uh, reciting facts and figures and explaining what other people have said, but they're now in the conversation. And that just makes me really, really excited. Now, the thing about it is your professors and the teachers here at the College of Charleston don't just 
talk to uh, students, but they also work very closely with local and regional businesses and various groups about several different projects. Can you highlight a few? Yeah, that's. I'm so glad you brought that up. And so obviously students, we want every student that we can possibly convince to do an internship, we want them to do an internship. And that's when students can go and really have an opportunity to apply what they're learning in the classroom. But yeah, the communication department is, it has a capstone experience. So at the very end of your time, you take a two semester capstone experience. And one of the coolest capstones is the students work with the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. And so they are the, uh, they are the PR firm for the Charleston Wine and Food Festival. They get practical experience with social media, public relations, media relations. And so just a really cool opportunity uh, that those students get. And then I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about our Joseph P. Riley Center for Livable Communities. That's housed in HSS. And the Riley Center works with dozens of local and regional businesses government entities, nonprofit organizations, and they do all kinds of things to help with strategic planning. They do surveys and need assessments for these groups. They do a lot of training, leadership training, and the like. And it's a great opportunity for students and faculty to gain experience. And so they work a lot, give a lot of opportunities for our students and faculty to get some of this experience. And if you've been kind of following the news lately, uh, the Riley Center has just been tasked with coordinating the uh, planning process for the redevelopment of Union Pier. And so super excited, a really important project for the city. And the Riley Center is going to be making sure that everybody has a voice and trying to, you know, have a have a plan in place that the city can feel good about, the ports can feel good about, and really, really affect the future of the city of Charleston. Let's uh, switch gears for a second. One of the uh, HSS signature events is the Bully Pulpit Series. Now, since the beginning of the series, dozens of presidential candidates have come to the College of Charleston to talk to students and, of course, answer questions. Now, why do you think this program has been so successful, and what do you anticipate as we head into this new presidential cycle? Yeah, I'd say there's two reasons I think it's been super successful. One is that we're the first in the South primary, and so presidential candidates want to come to South Carolina. If you don't win in South Carolina on the Republican side, you're pretty much not getting the nomination. The only time that a Republican uh, won South Carolina was Newt Gingrich, and he ended up not getting the nomination. Mitt Romney got it in 2012, but every other time, whoever wins in South Carolina and gets the Republican nomination. So the candidates want to come here. Uh, We're now, I think, going to be the first in the nation primary on the Democratic side. I don't anticipate it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening on the Democratic side and whether, uh, you know, there really is it's contested and how much how many events there are with uh, Marianne Williamson and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running. But it's influential on the Republican and the Democratic side. And, Mike, I think the second reason we've had such success as the Bully Pulpit Series is because we are truly nonpartisan. I mean, we are not you know, we're going to make sure that the candidates get a fair shake and we're going to really involve students. Students in the programming and really not just make it a, a campaign speech, but really have it be interactive. Our students get a chance sometimes to kind of have lunch with the candidates beforehand. Maybe there's a meet and greet afterwards. And so it's just a it's just a really great event. I am 
super excited for 2024 uh, and just can't wait to see who we're going to bring uh, this particular cycle. But again, some of my best memories at the College of Charleston, I mean, I am a political science professor after all, are the Bully Pulpit series. Just to be able to meet and host the people we've been able to meet and host is, is, is just really, really unique and really, really special. Now, the interesting thing is I did some research on this. The very first Bully Pulpit event at the College of Charleston was 2007. Oh, wow. Which okay. surprised me. Yeah. Do you want to guess who the first one was? I mean, I'd guess maybe Barack Obama. No, it, yeah. it, good, good. Yeah. It, John McCain was the first oh, interesting. one. John okay. McCain was the first one. Then uh, Ron Paul was the second one in that year. The next year is when uh, Barack Obama and John Kerry both came for uh, probably the largest political uh, crowd that we've had at a bully. And that was outside, right? It was outside in front of Yeah, yeah. And uh, But the, I guess the biggest political rally we've had was in uh, 2012. And it didn't really become a bully pulpit event. I think you kind of know which one I'm talking that's about right, here. That's right. Yeah, the a uh, famous Charlestonian uh, came down, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Colbert and uh, former presidential candidate uh, Herman Cain uh, held a rally in Sistering Yard, and it was called "Rock Me Like a Hurricane," which or Herman Cain, which I'm sure is probably over the heads of a lot of people that's who right. may be listening right now. That's but, right. That's right. But, uh, yeah. So those were uh, and. and while I got you here yeah, and yeah. we talk about Bully Pulpit, let's, are there certain memories you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly one one is uh, when Sean Hannity decided to do his show in Satilli Theater, uh, or portion of his show, uh, and had Ted Cruz. And so that was really fun. We had uh, former Governor Mark Sanford there. We had a guy from Duck Dynasty there. So that was quite, quite the experience. A little bit of a side note, we did not get Trump in 2016. Uh, I was not in on the negotiations, but this is what I had heard. Uh, the, the, the Trump people didn't like the lighting in Satilli. Now, Satilli has been totally redone. So maybe this time around, but evidently the president didn't like the way something would look under the lighting in Satilli or as people thought it wouldn't look, look good. I mean, certainly, uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren had, and Pete Buttigieg had kind of really big, probably close to a thousand people uh, uh, during uh, the 2020 cycle. And kind of a funny Bernie Sanders story was we had agreed at the beginning that folks could put questions and drop them in sort of a fishbowl or a bowl when they came in. And so when I first met Senator Sanders, I shook his hand and said, I'm going to be helping with the Q&A. And then he looked me straight in the eye and said, no offense, but we do things our own way, which was kind of funny because clearly the campaign folks and Senator Sanders weren't on the same page. So the entire debate uh, or the entire presentation, he's calling on people in the audience. We didn't have the mic set up. I'm just standing over on the sideline with a with a hand, with my holding this glass bowl full of questions, uh, nothing we could do. He just kept waving off his staffers, and then finally, uh, Bernie's wife uh, gave him some look maybe or something like that that he seemed to understand and i got up on the stage in the last 10 minutes and asked a few questions but it was kind of a funny 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 story and funny event uh and it ended up being a good event i think people really liked it but uh we did not go exactly how we planned yeah so, that happens a lot now, that's exactly one right. more question about that you do contact all that's presidential right. candidates what kind of response do you usually get yeah from? usually i mean you know usually we get most people to come to the college of charleston like i know we were not able to get 
Hillary Clinton, I think it was in 2016, just because of scheduling. I think she sent Chelsea Clinton and they did an event in Stern Center. But usually folks will come because they want, I mean, the youth vote is so important. I mean, if you can, you know, get somebody at a young age, a lot of times, you know, if they can just pick a party, just like with any other consumer brand out there, a lot of times that'll be something that they could be loyal to for the rest of their life, potentially. And so I think that, you know, uh, candidates like coming to college campuses, but absolutely, we're nonpartisan. We, uh, we we definitely invite everybody, and then we just do our best to schedule. We don't get a lot of lead time. I'd like to have a little more lead time, but a lot of times it's, hey, we're going to be, you know, a week out, we're going to be here. We have to scramble to try to make sure the event happens. But stay tuned. We we, we are very excited and plan to have some events. And we have two people from South Carolina running on the Republican side. And then uh, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, his wife, went to to the College of Charleston, graduated from the College of Charleston. And so we've got a lot of connections to the folks running on the Republican side this time. Let's talk about another series. This is a brand new one, the Civil Discourse Series that uh, we just started here at the College of Charleston. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're very early stages of the Civil Discourse Initiative but we we know that there is unbelievable polarization out there in American politics. You know, people are of different views are increasingly reluctant to sit down and have conversations with each other. And if you think about like if you're not willing to talk about and debate hard issues, how are we going to solve these problems that we have in society? And so we feel like uh, a college campus is uniquely positioned to be able to foster some of that dialogue to be able to bring some speakers in. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're thinking this could be have a speaker's component. We could potentially even have people come and debate some of the tough issues in a civil way. There's certainly a lot of uh, already even some, some, some classes and some special topics courses that are related to this. But, but stay tuned for more on civil discourse. It's, it's just so important to our society. I mean, there's one statistic I saw where uh, people are increasingly uncomfortable. It's something like a pretty decent number of folks don't even want their kids, would be upset if their kid married somebody from the opposite party. And so you know we're in trouble as a country when you don't want your kids to date somebody. If you happen to be a Democrat, you don't want your kid to date or marry a Republican. And so uh, I think we can play a role, and I think it goes nicely with some of the stuff we're doing with Bully Pulpit, but it's a little bit different. Yeah, uh, it's interesting how, how things have changed in the last 10, 20 years. Uh, one last thing, and then I'll let you go. Uh, we got the brand new school year starting before you know it. Uh, what are your, some, some of your goals as we head into this 2023-24 uh, school year? Absolutely. I'm super excited about 2023-2024. As we mentioned, you know, civil discourse and bully pulpit are going to be big priorities, uh, kind of continuing bully pulpit and then launching civil discourse. And then really one of the things that I think institution-wide at the College of Charleston is so special is our focus on engaged learning. I mean, we have an unbelievable number of students that participate in study abroad. Uh, you've got incredible internship opportunities here in Charleston. I mean, the number of government, nonprofit, and corporate internships that you can walk to 
right from campus is really, really great. And then we have an emerging culture of research, both at the undergraduate and graduate level. The expo was amazing. Second year in a row, uh, over, I think, 400 students participated in the research expo. So really, really exciting. And so my job as dean is to promote these things and also raise money to be able to figure out that students can have the, because not everybody can afford to study abroad. So to be able to go out and make sure we have the resources to help students do some of these engaged learning opportunities and even build on them. And so that's going to always be a big focus, something that I'm definitely focused on in 2023-2024. Great. Thanks for the update. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the College of Charleston with today's guest, Gibbs Knox, the Dean of the School of Humanities and Social Sciences. You can find this and other College of Charleston podcasts on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review. I'm Mike Robertson. Thanks again for listening to Inside the College of Charleston. 